Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show here. And uh, man, welcome to October. It is really rally mode out there. And we are seeing a lots of green in the last couple of days. And uh, definitely a nice way to start October, especially after the S&P had a sell-off of about 9.3% in September. But uh, are we in the clear yet? I don't really know. I, I see a lot of different things out there. I see a lot of uh, headlines that are making me think that we might have a bit of a sustained rally. But uh, at, at some point, we're probably going to retest these lows, and hopefully we can find a line of support at the lows that we set in last week and ultimately rally off of those higher. I don't want to see those lines break down, but uh, ultimately, we really need that support level in order to make this market move higher. So um, I guess before we get into it, if you could go ahead and give me a, a subscribe and share on whatever platform you're listening that would be great. And uh, hopefully you can uh, share some different information that I've kind of come across with some of the people that you know and uh, an attempt to build out a community. We've got uh, a following over there on uh, Facebook, uh, the Let It Grow Investing page over there. There's a link in the description. So uh, if you are not a member over there, please go ahead and uh, join up. We are doing a, uh, a yearly investing challenge where I'm putting in $200 of my money every Monday uh, based on the results of a vote that we put up every week. So please go over there and check back regularly to uh, be updated as to what's going on, what I'm thinking. Ultimately, these five stocks uh, are stocks that I really see that fit the bill at that point in time uh, for whatever play we're looking to, to really capitalize on at that time. Uh, and I am pretty happy to report that we have moved up in that portfolio as well since uh, the last time I talked to you guys. And, uh, you know, a little bit earlier, I was looking at uh, the performance of that portfolio, and I tried to compare it to the S&P 500 benchmark. And so far, we were down 15.3%. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like a victory. It doesn't sound like anything great, uh, which truth be told, it's not. But uh, then when you compare it to the S&P 500 uh, on a year-to-date basis, the S&P 500 is down 21.3%. So congratulations to us. We are beating the market right now by about 6%. And that definitely feels like a win. Um, I'm certainly happy with that. I'm certainly happy with the dollar cost averaging. It does show you that buying through these lows helps. Um, so in some regards, it definitely is a win. But uh, when you look at it as you're you're basically up against a static index that is just going to have uh, ups and downs, Obviously, the, the index doesn't uh, show you that you're buying at a low, where we know that we were buying at some of these lows back in, what was it, May and June. Um, and, and then, you know, we were buying also at some of the rally modes uh, that were the market was in as well. So we've kind of picked up some different things uh, at the right time. Some of them, you know, early in the year, we got in at the wrong time. But uh, that consistent regular buying and dollar cost averaging throughout the year is proving to me that that is a good way to invest. Uh, so if you haven't uh, followed along, uh, please go ahead and do so. 
But uh, okay, so why is it that we started October uh, with this rally? And uh, some of it was just the fact that it's quarter four. There's going to be some buying. There's going to be some different things out there going on. But uh, we're also getting some calls from around the world that, hey, U.S., you're you're basically making a hurricane in the uh, the financial markets. And they're saying, hey, look, yes, the, the dollar is strong. You might be able to raise the rates and your economy might be able to withstand some of these problems. Yes, your consumer is still strong. But uh, you're over here crushing us in, you know, different parts of the world. So, hey, can you ease on the brakes? That's kind of been the call from some of these other central banks. So the Fed had a closed meeting uh, yesterday on Monday or two days ago, as you're going to hear this on the third. They had a closed meeting. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. But a lot of people are saying that it is a pivot point. Uh, we've done enough. We've raised these rates. Maybe it's time to slow it down. Maybe, you know, the, the rates that we saw or the, the anticipated increases we were looking at into 23 might not happen now. That's kind of some of the reason for the rally. Uh, a lot of the different data points that are coming in are showing the same thing. Hey, yeah, you're putting a hurt on this, this, and this. And it's uh, it's ultimately... Uh, as the Fed has always said, it is a data-driven decision. So now that they're getting data that they are slowing down different areas of the market, is it time to you know maybe pivot, maybe slow this uh, the rates, slow the increases, and ultimately let things work themselves out? Uh, you know, again, the uh, the consumer is strong here. We've got uh, about two trillion dollars in uh, spendable cash. You know the. Um, Stimulus over the pandemic ultimately pushed a lot of cash into people's pockets. Uh, the money supply went through the roof, and a lot of that is still there. So even if we raise the rates, the consumers can still uh, ultimately spend and spend. Now, uh, that's all well and good here, but different parts of the world are saying otherwise. We've also got uh, some numbers from the Chicago Fed, the uh, PMI which is the Purchasing Managers Index, that number came in less than anticipated. It was supposed to be at a 50, low 50s, came in around 47. Anything under 50 is considered that it's going to be slowing the economy more or it's, it's rougher for the economy. And ultimately, we're seeing these numbers start to show that uh, the economy is getting hurt more than what they really want to see. So ultimately... We're going to wait and see what the Fed actually announces the next time we hear from them. And uh, maybe we get this pivot. Maybe we don't. But uh, right now, a lot of the hype out in the news cycle is that uh, the Fed is having back room meetings. It's a closed off meeting. No one's hearing about it. And uh, there's a lot of different chatter as to why when they just had meetings, you know, the past couple weeks. And it was all, yeah, we're going to keep raising until we see obvious signs that things are slowing down. So um, is it uh, something that is a a viable newsworthy? Uh, Apparently to a lot of people it is. We're definitely seeing massive moves in uh, in tech. We're seeing a lot in uh, some of the smaller companies even. Names like Lucid and ChargePoint have been rallying hard. Uh, DraftKings is up about 8% today. Lucid's up 7.5. Neo's up 7.1%. 
Uh, they do have a uh, an investor meeting in Berlin on the 7th, which I believe is Friday. And they are going to be announcing at least one new vehicle for uh, for the German market. But uh, there's some chatter there that they're going to be unveiling, I believe, three or four different models that they were talking about in that market. So uh, definitely a plan for more growth for NEO uh, into Europe. They've been trying to make this switch. And uh, I also saw something that in the Finland market, the majority of people are looking to do the battery lease, which uh, if you aren't familiar with NEO, you buy the car, you can buy the battery separate or you can lease the battery. And ultimately, you are going to be able to pull into a battery swap station. And instead of charging, they uh, takes about three minutes right now. They drop the battery, install a new one. It's a robotic process. They just simply swap the batteries and you're off and, and going back on the road. So uh, a great technology there. The uh, The stock price has been uh, plummeted since I really started paying attention to it, probably late 2020. Uh, I'm still down on this one. I'm still a pretty long-term investor in this name, but definitely one that is uh, seeing some rally off of just this kind of news with uh, the market uh, and trying to maybe have that pivot to where other parts of the world can uh, can kind of have some breathing room. That's pretty much what we're looking to see. And uh, Neo is going to be in those markets as well. So that uh, definitely will help them. And uh, going to be helping a lot of different companies. There's a, a lot of these tech plays are definitely rallying up. We've got uh, Matterport, PayPal, Salesforce, even Caterpillar up 4.5% today, which, you know, that's a massive move uh, for a company the size and scope of Caterpillar. Uh, so we're definitely seeing, looks like pretty much everything that I own in the, yeah, everything that I own is in the green today. Uh, L3 Harris, seeing that I'm talking about stuff that I have. What did they have yesterday? They had uh, uh, an acquisition of uh, Biosat. They jumped on uh, this L3 Harris or uh, LHX is the ticker if you're following along. And uh, they've been looking to really acquire some different businesses that are going to help them grow and really been kind of narrowing their focus as to what they want to have and what they want to do. And L3 Harris is, is jumping on this deal. So ultimately, that one was uh, Viasat went crazy. Uh, L3 Harris had a, a marginal day, a uh, green day yesterday, and up about 2.6% up as I speak. And uh, then we had Twitter, the Twitter Elon Musk deal. I just saw that uh, Elon is going to agree to go ahead with the deal at 54.20 a share, which was the original deal. I know Twitter was jumping on that news. Let's take a look over at Twitter and see what they're doing right now. They are currently up about 12.67%. So that one uh, is uh, looks like it's going to happen. I'm not too sure what to make of that one. But um, so, yeah, that's what we got there on all that front. So we've got, I think we covered everything. We've got uh, the PMI out of Chicago. We've got uh, what's going on with the Fed. We talked a little bit about uh, a couple different stocks, acquisition deals. There's a lot going on out there. And um, like I said last time, we never really know. We never know when the last of this uh, this red days are going to end. That's why I'm always a, a dollar cost average buy into this, uh, the, buy the dip, buy the next dip and kind of keep, you know, keep some cash on the side in order to position yourself going forward. Uh, you know, if we would have simply went heavy week one of this year, and uh, in the investing challenge, we would be down 
probably, I mean, if we bought the S&P, we'd probably be down that 21%. If we bought some of these individual names, all of them on week one, we would have gotten severely punished in quite a few of them. And uh, the fact that we were able to buy throughout the year has certainly helped us. You know, granted, now if it's the flip side of that coin is if uh, the market really ran all year and we bought on January 1st, we would have, uh, you know, had a different outcome. We would have certainly been liking the the gains of doing so all year. But uh, not having cash on the side, you you basically put yourself in a corner and uh, doesn't really give you as many options as what to do if things sell off or uh, if you see another uh, a buy opportunity. So uh, I'm happy with our decision to do the uh, the dollar cost average into a different name. One, it keeps us uh, researching all the different uh, opportunities that are out there and ultimately have us uh, a little bit more up to speed as to what's going on in the market uh, versus simply buying the S&P 500. So thank you guys for following along. And, uh, you know, let's hope that Q4 is going to be treating us better than uh, Q3 or at least the, the last couple of weeks have. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We are going to get into uh, some investing challenge uh, talk. We're going to see what uh, we've got going on for this week. We're going to cover a little bit about what stocks are working for us and which ones are not. And uh, maybe try to see which ones are really turning around right now. So, so stick around. I'll be right back. All right, we are back here. So if uh, you are looking to get started and uh, don't have a brokerage account or don't have a crypto account, I do have some different recommendations on stocks uh, trading uh, sites that I use. And uh, I do have the links in the description to help get you started. And, uh, you know, as the uh, for the investing challenge for this year, we are using Webull. And that is a, a pretty decent platform to get uh, fractional shares. Uh, you can do some crypto on there as well. And uh, right now they are giving out some free shares with a sign up and an initial deposit. So that's an option out there. Uh, a lot of my trading is done over at E-Trade. Uh, so if you were looking for a, a more full service broker and uh, definitely has a lot more on the research side, things like that, E-Trade is, uh, is a good one that I've been using for uh, north of six, seven years at this point. And uh, I've also got uh, some links for crypto.com and for Binance for uh, strictly crypto trading. And those have actually been holding up pretty well. I'm, I was actually listening to a, uh, an interview with Vitalik Buterin of uh, the Ethereum founder. And, you know, he said, yes, everything's basically come down. It's a lot to do with the macro events. It's not so much of the, uh, the merge. Um, it was more of a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of event with the merge. And I definitely see that as, uh, you know, another reason to, to kind of get a little bit more dollar cost averaging into Ethereum right now, as uh, it really kind of has bottom that's been holding a pretty steady line. And uh, the, the the main two, Bitcoin, Ethereum, have been actually doing fairly well against the, uh, the broader markets. So uh, definitely one that I would uh, consider adding to at this point. Uh, as I remind you, I am not a professional. And this is just strictly my opinion on what's going on out there. But uh, there is some bigger news coming out of uh, Credit Suisse about some potential problems that they are facing. And uh, I guess a lot of people are calling that, uh, you know, all this rapid inflation and all eventually something has to break. And uh, they've got some uh, some credit default swap risk that uh, they are pointing to. And uh, credit default swaps are essentially insurance bets uh, against defaults and credit events uh, 
And this is referring to a negative and sudden change in the borrower borrower's ability to repay their debts. So there's uh, a lot of weakness that they're seeing there. And ultimately, Credit Suisse is in a uh, a tougher spot. And we really need to. Uh, it, it's kind of like the Lehman Brothers moment where the Lehman Brothers was, uh, you know, backed about two hundred billion dollars worth of uh, of loans. I believe it was. Uh, the Credit Suisse is more in the the couple trillion dollar realm, so much bigger event. And if this doesn't get solved, there's going to certainly be a ripple effect through the market. It's going to be a big, big problem if uh, if Credit Suisse has to you know go out of business or face bankruptcy or anything else, and they can't repay these debts. It's going to be massive. So definitely a story to watch. Definitely something to uh, maybe check into a little bit more. Uh, I've certainly need to do a little bit more reading about it myself. But uh, just a story to watch. So I'm definitely uh, got that on my radar. And I uh, just wanted to point it out to you guys. But uh, with that being said, um, I guess we can get into week 41 as to what uh, what stocks are on the investing challenge for this week. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll start with the first one as uh, Nike. The ticker is NKE. And this one made the list with uh, a massive sell-off in Nike last week. I believe on Friday they were down about 13%. Uh, today they're up about 3.8%. But a lot of this news was based on a, uh, a pre-announcement that their inventory numbers had risen uh, about 44%. So they don't like to see these inventory uh, rise. They obviously want to be selling product. They don't want to have to hold on to a bunch of it. They certainly don't want to sell it at a discount. And that's kind of what it's looking like right now is that they're going to have to do that. Uh, so definitely a risk, albeit I think it's a short-term risk. I think it's kind of equivalent of what uh, Walmart or Target was happening earlier this year. I think this one kind of slowly caught up to Nike as uh, you know they were making more and trying to catch up with supply chain. And now they've overproduced and the, the, the spending has slowed a good bit. Plus, you know, the athleisure wear also slowing as people get back into the office. And, you know, they're just not just sitting on a Zoom call all day. They've actually got to go out in public. So uh, I think that kind of business has slowed a bit and now it's just an inventory problem. Uh, so it's probably just a situation where it overcorrected to the, the downside while they were still making more. And now we just have to adjust. So I do think that it is a, a short term blip. But uh, so, yeah, that's number one. And I, I do see some upside and a long term uh, positive company here with good management. And I think this might just be a one off event that we can kind of capitalize on. So that's why it made uh, the investing challenge for this week. Uh, number two, Alcoa. Ticker is AA. And if you don't know Alcoa, they are in the uh, aluminum business. And... There is a, a rising demand for aluminum in uh, in automotives, in solar panels. Uh, the frames are going to be made out of aluminum in a lot of cases. Uh, just rising need for metals in uh, infrastructure, things like that, that everyone has been pushing. But uh, Alcoa is sold off. They had uh, you know a little bit less demand earlier this year or over the summer. But uh, I think a lot of that is going to be coming back. So Alcoa is going to be trading. They're now at a 7.4 PE. So it's definitely traded down. I would consider it a value play and uh, one that I do think could get back up to 
Uh, I mean, let, let's see what the analysts say. It, it came down from 90. It's in the uh, the 30s right now. It's at 39. And when I'm looking at the analyst, I believe they had about uh, uh, they got about 47% of upside right now. So right around 57. And I do think that we could get back up there. Like I said, a lot of different uh, catalysts for more need for aluminum products. We've also got uh, the LME, the London Metal Exchange, uh, trying to ban the sale of Russian uh, metals. So if there's not going to be accepting Russian metals, they obviously have to get this uh, raw material from somewhere. And uh, Alcoa could benefit well from this type of uh, sanctions on Russia. So another one that uh, I do think it's at that deep value zone. Uh, I see a lot of catalysts for it to go higher. And, uh, you know, the analysts look to to be in agreement on, on that one with me as well, as they see that about 47% of upside as well. Uh, number three was Disney. We had uh, DIS as the ticker. And uh, they are up about close to 4% today as well. And a lot of the thought here was uh, that uh, people are going to still spend to travel, especially places with their kids. And uh, ultimately, I think they're going to still uh, create great content. And they're still going to have great movies coming out. Some of the park business might slow if we really hit a recession, but uh, they've still got a lot of other drivers uh, in the way of uh, Disney Plus and uh, box office and merchandise, things like that, that are going to do well for them. I do think this one sold off a little too much. And uh, with the hurricane going through, it was trading down lower last week. But uh, now it's moving back up with the market very nicely. And uh, one that I do think has a, uh, a bright future uh, as well as their past. You know, So they've got uh, about 43% of upside. I'm not sure if I said that for an average price target of 144.80. So uh, definitely got some good upside there from these uh, these 16 analysts that ranked this one. And uh, yeah, one that I just think should uh, should bounce back, uh, especially as we kind of come out of a recession. We, we've got all these other problems getting solved. Uh, I do think that it should certainly be a brighter skies ahead for Disney. And number four, this one is uh, a similar thought process as Disney that uh, people are going to spend on their pets. And uh, I avoided like the big retail names. I went right to the company that is making the uh, the healthcare products, the vaccines, and uh, a lot of different uh, healthcare for animals. And that company is Zoetis. The ticker is ZTS. Uh, so Zoetis should be benefiting greatly from uh, the amount of animals that were adopted and and you know bought from uh, the pandemic. We definitely had a spike in the amount of animals that were being adopted. And I think a lot more people uh, are really leaning into having a pet at home right now, now that a lot more people can be at home uh, to take care of their animals. And they're not just leaving and going to the office and going to be gone for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Uh, so we're definitely seeing a, uh, a trend of uh, animal ownership going up. And my thought is that these people are going to continue to take care of their animals as uh, you know, their their house pets and their their love family members in a lot of situations. So uh, ZTS Zoetis trading at uh, 150, call it 154 dollars, is uh, fairly close to the yearly low, which was set in last week, I believe it was on the 27th, and that was at 147. So 
We've got uh, a high of 249 back at the end of December. And uh, analysts are ranking this one with about 41% of upside for an average price target of 217.40. And uh, one that I think should uh, should trade pretty well. And I definitely see the, the need for this. Um, and having a, an animal that has uh, some ongoing problems as well, I can certainly see that a lot of people are, are spending money to keep their animals as healthy as they can. Uh, so this one should do well. And I believe they just uh, had another acquisition that they're looking to. What did they have? Um, yeah, Jurox, the a leading provider of livestock and companion animal products. So they're still looking for growth. And uh, ultimately, I think that should serve this company very well. And then finally, the one that never goes on sale. And that name is Costco. So regardless of what time I look to buy Costco, it never seems to go down. If we're in a recession, it rallies. If we're in uh, you know, a boom cycle, it rallies. If uh, it's the holidays, it rallies. It just never goes on sale. And uh, they've got uh, a lot of different, uh, you know, one, they got a lot of different uh, locations. They've got a lot of different subscribers or uh, people who are paying the annual uh, membership in order to uh, go shop there. And they've also got a lot of great prices on bulk purchases, which is going to be uh, beneficial for that recession. So if we have a recession, I think people are going to lean into Costco, buy in bulk, try to save where they can and uh, get their essential items that they need. Uh, so one that has just had a, a great chart over you know, the past five years. It's a, a really nice progression line and one that should serve us well. They make all kinds of cash, currently making about $12.70 a share. The PE is a bit higher at uh, 36, but like I said, this one does not generally trade uh, with the market. It is kind of a class of its own and uh, you normally aren't going to see it on sale too much. So uh, also going to be one that I think should serve us well through a recession. So if we have that happen, uh, Costco should, you know, at least maintain that's kind of my thought process here. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys. So if you can get over there to let it grow investing on Facebook, give me a vote for one of these follow along. If you see any great information that the group needs to know, I just posted about that Twitter deal with Elon, um, you know, probably about an hour ago at this point. And, you know, right when I saw it, I just wanted to share that to the group. So if you were trying to play Twitter, uh, you could get in and uh, buy with a lot of these people that were trying to uh, purchase before the shares ran up to that $54 uh, uh, acquisition price target. So all that being said, please go ahead and vote. Get over there and uh, get on the group and uh, share your ideas, share your thoughts. And if you got anything that you want me to cover, please feel free to ask. And uh, you can reach me on the group or message me through uh, any of the, the platforms that you're listening to the podcast on. So thank you guys for stopping by. And uh, I hope to see you guys next time. So take care and have a, a safe trading week out there. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. 
I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.